Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the 283rd edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm the Professor Emeritus, Matt Perkins. And a post-corner route across the Harper River from me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. The old deep double move, I like it. Uh, we're going to do some double moves today. We're going to talk about coaching, and we're going to talk about championship the SEC games. Championship Games. And uh, many others. So if that's not a if that's not a deep double route, I don't know what else is. But glad to be here. Glad to be here after my absence from last week. I do apologize for that. Things got a little things got a little crazy on Thanksgiving week, but I'm back and we are rocking and rolling. So we are, but we can't get rocking and rolling without the third amigo in the second city, a man who's making a Mesopotamia. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook. Well, that's the unit we're on in uh, world history, talking. Uh, Little bit of uh, Fertile Crescent. There we go. Wait, it, it Fertile Crescent and it's December. So uh, I've been going regionally. So uh, my my first unit was like prehistory Neanderthals and all that fun stuff. Second unit was China. Uh, third unit was India and its neighbors. Uh, same with China. It was China and its neighbors. So doing. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, doing. Gotcha. Doing the Fertile Crescent. Now. When when you studied Neanderthals, did, did what chapter was Coach O? <laughs> he he was uh, the very first sentence. Come on now, get a Red Bull over here. So, I mean, I think some of those Neanderthals could use some Red Bull, but uh, unfortunately, they do not have it. So, how, uh, how great would it be if Coach O in a few days gives a press conference? He's like. You don't know that I longer longer have this LSU job. I can no longer carry on this act. I've actually been able to talk like this the entire time. He's like, actually, uh, I have a very distinguished speaking voice, and my name is Ed Orgeron. In fact, my good sir, I prefer to be called Doctor Edward J. Orgeron. And I will be taking my coaching talents to Dartmouth. I don't know, but Buddy Tevens has been there for a long time. He he he's quite the incumbent. I think Columbia could use a coach though, so they can so they can send him up there. As most of you guys already know, we are presented to you by BetOnline.ag, and we're better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. So head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your welcome bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Speaking of coaching changes, well, we just had uh, Black Sunday, Black Monday, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we ha- now have uh, 23 different schools who have undergone some sort of coaching change. They fired and rehired. Uh, lost a coach to a rehiring or just fired and haven't hired yet. 
we're starting the podcast there today. Uh, we will get to uh, the upcoming championship games. We're going to talk a little FCS bracket here in a little bit. But, I mean, the big news all around the country is everything that is going on in coaching changes. So uh, we have a list in front of us. We have a, our handy-dandy spreadsheet that we share with each other. And uh, we're just going to go ahead and start at the top because I put it in this order. Number one, first school. The men of Troy. They fired Clay Helton second week of the season. And they pulled what I believe to be an absolute coup in hiring Lincoln Riley, which was on the radar of precisely zero people for this job. From Oklahoma, his 55-10 and 10 career record is now headed to South Central Los Angeles. I think this is a, a very strong hire. I don't think, Josh, that they could have done a whole lot better than this. Now, what, how we're going to frame this, uh, this discussion moving forward, Josh and I are going to argue, and Coach is going to be the arbiter of coaching justice because he is the coach. Josh and I are going to grade the hires, and Coach is either going to say one of us is right or we're both wrong. And so I gave this coaching grade an A-, and that is because he is going to bring a ton of buzz with his offense. He is going to absolutely light it up on the recruiting trail. You've already seen it. Three of the top recruits, four of the top recruits from Oklahoma have already decommitted, and a couple of them have committed to USC already he's already <laughs> been going heavy on the west coast recruiting in this past season he's been almost doing exclusively west coast recruiting at oklahoma he's going to bring it home his offense is like he is i think i think he's a really good fit there josh what say yeah. you well <laughs> there's been some rumors flying around that uh this was basically a uh backdoor handshake wink wink deal back in september and that's why he magically recruited all these kids to oklahoma from the state of california knowing that he was he was bouncing um so this grade is not for him being a uh, a potential snake uh to oklahoma this is just honestly how i feel um i give a c um the problem for me is USC is expecting a return of the Pete Carroll era. Mm -hmm. And are. I'm not sure he can actually deliver that. I have seen him coach very tentatively in big games. He obviously won zero playoff games. Um, his upside is, of course, his recruiting. But I also see some stagnation in terms of development. And so just looking at the quarterback position, Spencer Rattler objectively got worse under his tutelage. Jalen Hurts, one and done. Kyler, one-year starter. So can we really count Hurts or Kyler Murray as successes? I don't know. They were I, think we can count Ky I think we can count Kyler as a success. Yeah. He, uh, he, he transferred in, sat out a year, sat behind, sat behind Baker, and he turned from – a quarterback who was completely legs first to a quarterback who okay. threw an amazing ball. I think you can, I think you give, I think the reason why he's all the credit in the, in the world. world. I think the reason mm -hmm. why he's ahead in the NFL is because he got a jump start in college. 
Yeah. Um, so then also he worked with Baker, and I think Baker is also a proven uh, player under him. Um, of course, Lincoln Riley was offensive coordinator. So if we're going to give head coach, he became yeah, head coach. Yeah. yeah. If we're going to give Riley that credit, we should also give it to big game Bob Stoops. So, um, you know, here's, here's some other issues I have with him. His one bowl win was last year during the crazy COVID year against Florida, which proved to be a house of cards ready to collapse this year. Well, and a Florida team that didn't have, I think Kyle Pitts or yeah. mm-hmm. like half have their offense. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. His Big 12 title games in a league that was probably the worst of the power conference teams. Um, he beat a three-loss TCU team, a four-loss Texas team, a three-loss Baylor team, and a three-loss Iowa State team. Um, so this is not exactly Alabama, Georgia, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I think I test wise I think his team's got worse every year under him. And I don't know the love for his uh, his defensive coordinator, um, Mr. Grinch. Yeah, o- Oklahoma's defense. He's a mean one. Yeah, o- Oklahoma's Mr. defense Grinch. statistically was okay, but uh, you know this is not a Georgia defense. This is not an Alabama defense. This is not an Iowa defense. This is not a Wisconsin defense. This is an okay, mediocre defense. I think. Um, I think it's really clear against Bedlam that he coached really scared. Um, I think you can make the argument that he was scared of the SEC. He didn't like that his bosses went behind his back and did it. Um, I, Gosh, I don't one know. Thing, the one thing I'll say about Bedlam, I think he might have thrown the game so he didn't have to go to the title <laughs> game so he could just take the USC job. He might have. That could that could be it. Um, I don't know. I, I think I have not been – yeah, despite his record, I know this is weird to say for someone of 55 and 10, I've not really been impressed by much that he's done. I think this could be a scenario where he coaches like four years at USC and then we quietly we sort of forget about it. All right, Coach, <laughs> I gave him an A-. minus. You gave Josh gave it a C. What say you? What say I? I'm going to go right in there between you. I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a solid B. I think for all of the all of the downfall that Josh gave is legitimate. I do believe his team's got soft. Um, but then again, Oklahoma has been soft for a while. You know, they've got they've gotten they've been soft since the Sam Bradford days. They've gotten curb stomped in uh, bowl games and against Florida and national championship games and BCS games and all that good stuff. I mean, they've, they've been soft for a while. And and part of me thinks, and part of me thinks that that's a little bit of just the Bob Stoops culture that he carried over and just kind of, you know, when he took over as head coach, it was just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to just keep doing what, what Bob was doing. And so um, is that a good thing? Yes. In a lot of ways, but is it a bad thing in a lot of ways? Yes. So I, I think he's right there in the middle, but one of the things that he can do is recruit, and I think recruiting at USC, um, it is the Matt. Whether you like it or not, it is the premier program in California. Oh, I'm not. I'm not denying that. It, it absolutely um, is. And he's I mean, I going, like it, but it's the truth. He's going to load up that team with talent. The question is, and this is this is where I knocked him down from an A to a B. Is is he going to hire the right staff around him? Are they going to bring a more physical brand of football? Because believe it or not. 
the Pac-12 is, as far as physicality and defense, it is a tougher conference than the Big they 12. they got to play Utah every year. Utah's as yeah. physical as anyone out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in the same division with them. Exactly. And when... USC was really rolling. You know, we, we always hear about, you know, Carson Palmer and Matt Liner and Reggie Bush. Their defenses were nasty. They had amazing linebackers, amazing defensive backs, really solid yeah. defensive linemen. I mean, you Troy know, Palomalu. Troy Palomalu. Yeah, I mean, their defenses were loaded. They were. And, and they and rode those. And, and Pete Carroll is a defensive backs coach. That That's his upbringing. That's, that's his, why that's some of those unit. units were so strong. Yeah. Okay. So what, so I'm, I'm going to close this out and say what I want to see out of Lincoln Riley is I want to see if he can develop a freshman quarterback all the way through his time in college and not just rely on transfer portal after transfer portal after transfer portal guy. And then I want to see who he hires on the defensive staff and if he changes and becomes more of who he is and not what Bob Stoops molded him to be. So for now, I'm going to give it a B. It has potential to be an A plus, and then of course in four years it does have potential to be a, a, a D minus F. So right now I'm going to get right there to B. All right, uh, let's move down to the Bayou. Uh, coach O was dismissed midseason and let him coach out the rest of the season, but he's not coaching the bowl game, which is which, which is interesting. Nonetheless, they made a giant splash. We're recording here on Tuesday night. This happened yesterday on Monday. Brian Kelly from Notre Dame is now the coach at LSU and to me that's mind-boggling Brian Kelly so I'm I gave this hiring a B minus I think it's a strange fit for both sides he has no history coaching in the south he's spent his entire career in the in the midwest in the upper midwest he's 61 at the start of next season it's a 10-year contract he's obviously a very good coach but to me, these it's like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. I don't see the fit with him culturally. I don't feel like he has the energy. Well, he has the energy. It's just Louisiana's bl- it's a different country. Bluster, exactly. <laughs> like he, I don't know. I don't feel like Brian Kelly going into a recruit's house in Louisiana is going to have the same as a head coach of LSU. It's going to have. The, the, you know the same effect as you know let's say even even coach o being you know if, if you're going to somewhere in the middle of nowhere louisiana to to get some of these kids which you know that they need to i i that just doesn't really jive with me i, I don't know it, it seems like a weird fit obviously one of the caveats that we have to say with all these hires it's always going to depend on who they put around them right it, it, a great staff can make or break a coach but in in this case, I really like. I mean, is he going to bring Marcus Freeman with him? Like, who's who's coming with him from Notre Marcus Dame? We Freeman don't know yet. Notre Dame job. But man, I don't know, man. I I don't see this as a as a marriage that is off to a great start, destined to work. Josh, what about you? Yeah, I want to. I want to scotch higher than Matt. I, he gave it a B minus. I gave it a, a solid B. Um, let's start with the positives. Obviously, he's an amazing coach and winner. His record uh, overall two sixty three ninety six and two uh, as an FBS coach one forty five and sixty one. Um, what I kind of find interesting is he is very clearly chasing a national title and way more money. And I think he felt like Notre Dame 
wasn't going to accomplish those two goals. There's a ceiling so, there when it comes to recruiting because yeah. there are just certain yeah. kids you can't get into school. Yeah. So what I'm curious about is kind of the longevity is, you know, is LSU cool with him retiring at 65 if he gets his national title and they have him for three, four years. Um, and then they do this whole song and dance again. I, I don't know. I, if they get a natty, they're going to be happy with it. I uh, mean, that's true. They got rid true. of Coach O like less than twenty four months after he won it. I know. So, but I guess, I guess I'm more old school. I want a little bit of uh, some longevity and some stability uh, with him. Um, You're in the wrong sport, my friend. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got the right team for it, baby. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Ferentz, Brian Ferentz. We're going to have three coaches in a hundred years. Um, Nathan Fry, Kirk Fanson, Brian Ferris. Yeah. So does Brian have a child? Uh, no. Well, Tommy retires. No. Uh, he, Brian, Brian Ferris actually. Brian uh, re- Ferris actually reproduces asexually. I'll just split in <laughs> half, and another one will be. Developed. I was gonna say, is he a, what? What? Uh, some? Uh, I think is what an older generation would call a confirmed bachelor. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea, honestly. But uh, it, in terms of. This this LSU Brian Kelly thing. I I know what Brian Kelly gets out of the deal, but I'm not entirely sure what LSU gets. And that's why I gave it a B. All right. Hey, I think you guys are spot on with this grade because I think what you know, I'd probably tend to side with Josh a little bit more. And it's much like how I graded Lincoln Riley. I, I think for a lot of his great things, which he's a great on the field coach, practice coach, you know, game planner, you know, recruiting. He does all of that very, very well. But now he's tasked with doing that in an area of the country that he has never been in. He has no idea. When it comes to culture shock, like it was going to be a culture shock for him to go to Kentucky if he ever went to, if he went to Kentucky. I can't imagine what he's going to do when he pulls up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and he can't understand what anybody is saying um he's going to struggle culturally with that program but i I think ultimately his results will speak for themselves i think the team will buy in i think he will do well and stability now i would love to have somebody uh with some stability but it just you can't expect that these days i mean it's just just the world we live in you know it's it's three four years and you're on to the next one you know and, and so it, he comes in, does well, elevates the program back to where it, where they want it to be and where it probably should be, and goes on to the NFL. You can't blame him, and that's okay. And I think LSU would be happy with that if, if, if he brings a natty to him. So um, I like the hire. I think it's a weird culture fit, but ultimately I, I think he has a really good shot at doing well. I'm going to give this thing a B because of the weird culture fit that's the only reason it's not an a but i think all his coaching acumen does does entitle him to a b and not a c all right two things before i move on to the next job first of all i'm concerned about the mix of brian kelly's student assistance in hurricane season oh too soon oh boy <laughs> brian ferentz has four children three daughters presley Connolly, and jolie and a son Ooh. named John. Josh, well, get ready like a, for the like John a, Ferentz uh, era. Oh, I was going to say, sounds like 50 years, 150 years of Ferentz. I was going to say, sounds like Iowa's in line for the first female 
head football coach. Mm-hmm. I think Sarah Fuller yeah. will take over at Vanderbilt first. All right, uh, sticking in the Southeastern Conference, the University of Florida fired Dan Mullen a couple months ago, or a couple weeks ago, I should say, and hired Billy Feels Napier. Feels like a couple months. Uh, Billy Napier, one of our favorite coaches for a while, the guy I was banging the drum for Vanderbilt to hire last year. Uh, instead, he waits another year and gets the Florida job. Going to be a lot more money there. He was 39-12 and 12 during his time uh uh, I think I believe five years in Lafayette. I I mean I think I gave the hire an A minus. I think it's really good. Uh, I would have given LSU an A plus if they had hired him. Uh, I gave it an A minus only because he uh, I don't know if he has the connections in the state of Florida like he does in the state of Louisiana. Outside of that, I mean, fantastic offensive mind, really strong player development. Not sure if they're going to be able to jump the 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 George the Georgias of the world or the, the Georgia of their division I should say in the next couple of years just because of the amount of, the, of talent that Kirby has brought in but I think what 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 he lacks in ties in terms of recruiting he makes up for in terms of player development and offensive ingenuity yeah I, I'm also bullish on this I went again a scotch ire with just a straight a and you know, Mullen's tenure fell apart here at the end because he hated recruiting and he didn't bother to do it. Well, Napier is going to solve that right away. So I think he will keep a lot of that Florida talent at home. You know, he's got the option of bringing in his own offensive coordinator or being his own offensive coordinator. So he's got some flexibility there. I think, you know, he's an up and coming coach. I think there's a lot of excitement. I think he'll be able to surround himself the great staff and you would expect Florida to be able to pay that staff that he wants. So I think there's a really high ceiling for this. I'm actually going to say the worst case scenario I feel is he becomes kind of like a Mark Richt where he goes nine and three every year. Um, And, you know, this is after he gets a couple years to rebuild it. Um, And people just kind of grow a little stale of, of him going nine and three every year. I, I really think he can compete with Kirby here in a few years um, once, you know, there'll, there'll be a few year rebuilding project. It's, you know, Mullen did not leave it too good. Well, but he, he'll have like Anthony Richardson. I think, I think Anthony yeah. Richardson is going to be awesome. Yeah. I, no, I mean, there's yeah. some pieces for them to be competitive and make a bowl game. I, I just think they don't have a defense. Like they're completely yeah. lacking a defense. Yeah. And, and also, I mean yeah. this, I know, it, I know he got hired before early signing day and that's why, Black Friday or Black Monday's Black been Monday, moving yeah. up every year is the early signing period. But I mean, you can't sign kids that you haven't ever talked to. And I mean, literally no one from the Florida staff sounds like they've talked to anybody all year. So exactly. Uh, so I'm going to rule in favor with Josh here. Um, I think this is a real, I think this is a phenomenal hire. I, I think he'll be competitive in fewer than a few years. Um, I, I think he could, has a chance with Anthony Richardson. And if they can, if they can flip a couple of commits back in their favor, which I do think as talented of a recruiter, he is, he has been in the Southeast. He has been in Alabama. He has been at Clemson. He has been in different places in the Southeast. So I do think he still does have those ties. I think he's a big enough name in the state of Florida where it's not going to take him much time to get blended in. 
Um, I, I think he's going to be competitive with Kirby as early as next year. He's going to have the quarterback in place. He's going to have a defense that's going to bend but not break. They're going to give up some points, obviously, um, but that's okay. He's He'll still be competitive. I, I think Georgia's going to come back down to the pack a little bit next year. Um, they're just going to lose way too much talent to, to, to not and too much experience to not come back down to the pack a little bit. Um, so – I think this makes Florida really, really dangerous. Uh, it, adds, it adds to a three-headed monster at, at the top of the SEC East, so I think it's a phenomenal hire. Uh, great points by both you guys, but but if I have to pick one, since you differ by, uh, by uh, a half a point here, I'm going to rule in favor of Josh. All right. Um, let's go to the Evergreen State. Both jobs, both Power 5 jobs open in the state of Washington. Start at Wazoo because they fired their coach first. Rolo is out for a plethora of reasons, most notably because he did not uh, comply with the state's vaccine mandate. He, and he didn't get he didn't get the Fauci ouchie. He did not get the Fauci ouchie. Uh, but uh, Fauci ouchie. <laughs> Jake Dickert, his uh, uh, the interim, uh, who was the defensive coordinator, uh, was amazing, and they promoted him to full time, and he was already up and coming. I this is an A for me. Uh, he was a gr- phenomenal as an interim. Uh, nearly made it made the title game despite having effectively half of a staff. I mean, I, I great hire. One of my favorite hires of the entire offseason. Of the yeah, entire gave, season so far. I gave it an A as well. Um, building off what Matt said, the kids played really, really, really hard for him down the stretch. Um, Matt mentioned he was an up and comer anyway. Um, you know, if, if they had just stunk and fired Rolovich the traditional way, I think he still would have been interviewed for this. Um, his defensive bona fides are super impressive. We talked about it when he became an interim coach. So you can listen to that show. Long story short, he was awesome at Wyoming. He's been awesome defensively at every stop he's been at. Um, I like this idea of Wazoo having this hard-nosed defensive identity. Uh, worked across the state with Chris Peterson at Washington. Um, that identity can work in the Pac-12. So uh, I'm really excited for this hire as well. And mini, mini pat on my back. I, I said when he got the interim job, if, did. if they if they play well, they should just rip, sign sign him to the to the real thing. You did, sir, and and and, and they did. And I, I think that if they did an if they did a national search, I, I don't think they're getting better than Jake Dickert. Which Jake Dickert's an up and comer, and I love him, and I love the way he's already established things for his kids. Um, they, the, the players were just, you know, I, I think they love him. I, I think they can tell that he's a bona fide, genuine, genuine dude. Um, he's impressive defensively with his knowledge. What I, I, I'm interested to see what he does when he gets a full staff. I can, I think it's only going to get better for him. Uh, watch out for, for, uh, for, for Washington state. This might be the best thing that ever happened to him by Nick Rolovich, not getting the Fauci ouchie. Um, so <laughs> You guys are spot on. I rate I rate your rating as an A plus. I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly with you um, that this was about as good as they could do. And Jake Dickert is going to be a name to watch out for in the Pac twelve. Yeah, I, th- I think he might be the only a, like full A grade I gave um, out of, out of all these hires. Uh, next, we're going to go across the state to Washington. Uh, they took Kalen DeBoer from Fresno State. Uh, and your your assessment of Jimmy Lake, he literally can't coach. Well, I mean, awesome. it, yeah. tell me where I'm incorrect there. Oh, those are those are 100 facts. Those are facts. Okay, I think that 
DeBoer for me is a has a super high variance. Is he a DeBoer? No, he's. Uh, I, I am. I am worried about his uh, South African ties. No, um, but uh, he obviously he coached at NAI Sioux Falls was phenomenal. Three national titles in five years with a, with another national title game loss. Uh, runs an interesting offense. Seems to be a really good guy. Uh, people seem to like him a lot. I don't know how much of a national profile of a recruiting profile he has his Fresno State team this year was nice they were nine and three they were they were really good um they had some really great wins they won at UCLA they won at San Diego State who uh, is in the title game this year but they had some questionable losses I mean they lost at Hawaii they got blown out by Boise State I'm not sure if this is really moving the needle for me uh, a whole lot. I only gave it a C plus, but I know Josh disagrees with me. I do. Um, I gave it an A plus. Um, the Ooh. reason I gave it the reason I gave it an A plus is the context of who he is versus who he is replacing. Uh, so a little bit about Kalen DeBoer. He has won literally everywhere he's been. That's all this dude does. Um, as offensive coordinator at Eastern Michigan, he helped oversee what I think at the time was the biggest rebuild in college football. Uh, it ended with the Eagles getting to a bowl game back in 2017. As Fresno offensive coordinator Jeff Tedford, the Bulldogs in his two years there went 22-6. They won two division titles and the league title. Then he left, and Tedford went 4-8 and eight and resigned. Um, at Indiana, when he left, he, he took over a... Uh, Offense at the Hoosiers. Uh, the year before, they went five and seven under him. The offense vastly improved, and they went eight and four. Uh, Matt mentioned his time at Sioux Falls winning three national titles. Uh, even more impressive than that, which is hard to say, his teams went 67 and three. That's <laughs> absurd. That's, that's like what we do in the old EA sports game. Um, so I agree with Matt on his comments regarding the recruiting, the national profile. I think those are fair criticisms. Um, but I do think, you know, he can round out his staff to help with that. What I like about this and why I gave it an A plus is DeBoer is the exact opposite of Jimmy Lake. Lake was all smoke with no sizzle. He, you know, was this flashy assistant with no real like proof that he could be a head coach. Um, DeBoer's the opposite. DeBoer's been a head coach, super successful. He's been an offensive coordinator. Super successful. Um, I think he could take literally any job in the entire nation, even like UMass's job, and he races the floor instantly. Um, I think he's a fantastic coach. Will that lead to a fantastic program? Are we talking about like a return to was or a return to Washington winning national titles? I don't know. Too far for that. But from what he's taking over, for me, it's an A plus. Hmm, that's a compelling argument, Josh. I, I don't think it's an A+. Plus. I, I think A-pluses are very, very hard to come by, so I, you're rarely going to see me give anybody an A+. Plus. Um, this was my only A-plus, I will say. I did not throw them around all willy-nilly. They, 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 are, they are very tough to come by. Matt, I do think you're being a little harsh with some of the losses. That's kind of what the Mountain West is all about. It is an extremely baffling conference just in general, so that's just the norm there. Um, with, with those teams. So that didn't freak me out too, too much. Um, I do like his pedigree. I do like some of the things that he has done. 
Um, I, you know, again, I'm skeptical of, you know, just how much of an effect he's going to have. Washington's pretty broken. Um, so I, do I think they probably could have done better? I don't know. Maybe. But the fact that I'm saying maybe is doesn't lead to an A plus. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it a solid B minus. Um because I just I, I wanna see it at the power five level. I want I wanna see some consistency at the power five level. And that's a tough thing to come by. So I'm gonna give it a B minus for now. All right. Um next Southern or I should say Texas Christian University. Um, Gary Patterson was dismissed kind of out of the blue. Uh, I mean, to be fair, what I wrote was like the Gary Patterson defense took on a new, uh, much less impressive meaning uh, than it used to. They hired Sonny Dykes because, from, because he neglected offense. Uh, they, they, they hired Sonny Dykes from across town at SMU. They didn't neglect offense. <sighs> I gave this a B minus. I think it's I think it's solid. Sunday Dykes has plenty of ties in the state of Texas. I think that what you saw out of their offense is can be pretty good. I mean, Tanner Mordecai was great this year, um, but I know that Josh was uh, unimpressed. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's a pretty poor reflection on the imagination of this athletic department. Um, really, not a national search to replace. I mean, heck, Famer. it wasn't even like a statewide search. It was a, it was a freaking local search. It was, uh, you know, it's like something you would see. <laughs> it's like classifieds. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like something you would see on like uh, SB Nation. You know, just the most easy selection possible. Um, so, I liked some of the stuff Sunny Dykes did at SMU, but TCU is a power conference team. So this is a power conference team that decided to hire a guy who's lost four or more league games seven times in 12 years as a head coach. This is a power five program that's hiring a guy who already had a bite at a power five apple and he went 19 and 30, 10 and 26. Let's hire a guy who's won exactly one league title in his entire career way back 10 years ago at Louisiana Tech. TCU decided to go ahead and hire a guy who has won exactly one bowl game in four tries. This is a Power 5 team that decided to hire someone who has his teams fade every year, the final month of the season. They fall apart. Even when they're in contention for a conference title, they fall apart every year. You look at his schedule at SMU every year, at least two losses in the final month of the season. So why exactly did TCU hire him? Is it because he didn't make SMU suck? Is that their explanation that SMU is such a hard job that by winning eight wins there, he's suddenly some genius. Um, The fact that he kept SMU going to bowl games is literally the only reason I didn't give it an F. I do not see a single thing he brings to TCU in long-term bringing back TCU horn frog football. I don't see. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you actually, Josh, on this one, Matt. I, I'm uh, sorry, I got to rule okay. Josh here. I just, do, okay. I just don't, I just don't see it. You know, I, I think his ceiling is a rebuilding G five, uh, G five program. Like he, he's somebody that's going to get you to a certain point and then hand it off to the next guy. Um, and, and I think Rhett Lashley has some potential at, at SMU. 
um, to really kind of take that thing to the next level. Um, will he? I don't know, but I think he, I think, I feel like he brings more to the table than Sonny Dykes does. This was an underwhelming hire for me. I, I think the only reason, um, the only reason I'm not going D minus uh, with Josh is because I think he's been in Dallas long enough to have made some recruiting ties. And I think the TCU brand will help him a little bit in recruiting, but I just think that he doesn't bring much the the rest of the way. And it's just, again, I, it, they, I think they could have and should have done better um, at TCU. So um, I'm going to give it a C minus. All right. Uh, staying within inside the state of Texas, we already knew this one. We talked about the Texas Tech hiring uh, last week or a week before, whenever it happened. Really quickly, obviously they moved on from Matt Wells, hired Joey McGuire, the assistant head coach from Baylor, a Texas high school legend, uh, took Cedar Hill High School to multiple state championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this hire. I gave it a B. I'm inclined to maybe even push it to a B plus. He is a Texas high school legend. And he is super well known and respected in those circles. I think he is going to do absolute wonders for recruiting to Texas Tech. Uh, people rave about him. They say he is just a great CEO type of person. And I, I think that this is a really, really solid hire for Texas Tech and that he will bring a certain amount of energy and respect immediately to the program. I see this as. If they give him five years, if he gets five years there, I think they could be back, uh, especially in the refashioned Big 12. We can see them finish in the top two of the Big 12 within five years. Ooh, I mean, that, that's obviously what Tech is uh, is banking on. Um, I had a very similar grade to, to Matt. I went the, the C plus, B minus kind of straddling there. Um, the reason I did that is, you know, building off Matt's positives, he knows the state of Texas extremely well. Um, so that's going to help recruiting. Um, he was obviously a part of some really good teams at Baylor, including this season. Um, the reason I'm not, you know, going crazy with my grade is we just honestly don't know anything about him as a head coach of a college team. And so that makes this one of those hires, the classic high ceiling, low basement. And when I get that, uh, I kind of tread in the middle with about a C plus group. That's fair. Yeah, man, I think you're spot on with your B. I, I think with the ties that he has in Texas and, and as well respected as he is, those kids are going to see that. Those recruits are going to see that. And they're going to come in. They're going to play hard for him. They're going to respect him off the jump. So, Well, e- even more importantly, or as importantly, a lot of energy. the other coaches, the other high school coaches in Texas respect him, right? And so yeah. they can, they have a lot of influence on – you know they're not going to push kids to one certain program, but they're gonna, you know, they're gonna say, "Hey, you should really consider, you know, Coach McGuire." Yeah, and and that that's going to go. I mean, believe it or not, that goes a long way because mm-hmm. if kids respect you, they're gonna they're gonna be disciplined for you. They're gonna play their hearts out for you. I mean, that's why that's why Washington State is sitting in the position they're sitting in right now with the, the with the, with the needle moving up. So I I love this hire. It's a B. The only reason I didn't give it an A is because. We don't know much about him as, as a college head coach, but I think it's a solid B. All fair. All right. Uh, next, we've got Virginia Tech. Uh, just announced today uh, they are hiring Brent Pry, the defensive coordinator from Penn State. Never been a head coach at uh, FBS level before. 
He replaces Justin Fuente, who was just never a fit there to begin with. A little off the board, for sure, uh, for me. I gave it a C. It doesn't have much of a profile. And frankly, I don't feel like Penn State's defenses have been all that special under him. Especially considering the talent that he's had at his disposal. He just he doesn't move the needle for me in any way, shape, or form. And I it's it's a very bland blah hire for me. I I do see some upside in it, but I you know I I still I don't love it. I'm gonna give it a C, Josh. Yeah, I gave it the exact same grade I gave uh, Joey McGuire, which is the C plus B minus the high ceiling but low floor um, higher. So obviously he's never been a head coach. That's probably not something Virginia Tech plan fans were expecting. Um, obviously it can work. And I, I think coaches uh, Kirby smart team have, mm. has worked out. Um, well, he, obviously I mean, could tot- he was, the, he was the star pupil of the, <laughs> the Nick Saban school of coaching. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that had no choice, but to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you hire someone with no head coaching experience, it can also totally flop as in uh, two schools ago, Jimmy Lake. Um, so I guess what I like about him a little bit more than Matt is um he actually is a proven defensive brain. When you, when you look at his stats at Penn State, um, statistically, they have a really strong defense under him. I, I like that Virginia Tech is trying to get back to that bread and butter. Uh, the Beamer era was known for, obviously, special teams, but then Bud Foster's incredible lunch pail Ds. Uh, I think this is a nice step towards getting back to that uh, DNA that they used to have. Um, I think if he gets that D humming, and then can get a competent level of production from the offense. Virginia Tech has the the possibility of returning to the top of the ACC. Um, the downside, of course, is he's first time head coach. It could totally flop. So, and with that, you get the worry of well, this is now two hires in a row. Then Tech continues their down their backslide. That that's always a concern with these new coaches, but. Um, I do like the defensive element that he brings. To me, where I stand, I'm I'm kind of closer to Matt. I'm I'm gonna I, I I like that he's a I mean I respect him as a defensive mind, defensive coordinator. You know he's had some good statistics statistically performing defenses at Penn State and even other stops that he's been at. Um, but to me, the head coaching seat is significantly different. And there's some things that you have to do as CEO of a program that you don't have to do as a defensive coordinator. And can he handle that? There's some people that can. Obviously, Kirby can. He he is he is molded for that. Uh, Jimmy Lake was not molded for that. I don't think Brent <laughs> Venables is molded for that. I don't. That's why Bud Foster never got a head coaching job. He didn't want one. He didn't. Well, I think Bud Foster knew himself well enough to yeah. know that he didn't want that. Yeah. So. Some people just aren't molded for that. And, and until I see that he's ready for that spotlight in his first job, I don't like that his first job's at Virginia Tech. I wish he would have gone, I wish he would have gone G five. Somebody like Take Brent that Pry Akron just, job. <laughs> yeah. He somebody like Brent Pry just needs to go somewhere like a G five, like a mid-level G five program that's obviously not in the, the the total bottom of the barrel dumpster, but so also not Akron. <laughs> yeah, so so not Akron. Um not Temple. And, not Temple, and maybe just proven himself a little bit, and then you know, 
you know, taking a risk there. But then again, you know, right place, right time. So again, he could, he could, he could totally flop or he could, uh, he could be a great success. Virginia Tech is starving for that. And I guess they're willing to gamble as either him or Bill, Bill O'Brien. So I, for, uh, for that reason that they didn't choose Bill O'Brien, I give it a C. Good job, Matt. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> SMU. SMU coach already mentioned it. Uh, they you know where I stand on this. They, they quickly hired Rhett Lashley uh, after like within hours of uh, w- within hours of Sunny Dykes moving across town. They hired Rhett Lashley from the U. He's the offensive coordinator at, uh, at at Miami, but he's had stops what Alabama, elsewhere, right, Coach? He was at Auburn. Auburn, that's right. So he was scapegoated at Auburn with uh, with Gus Malzahn. So I I think I am probably the, the I'm very I'm not very down I'm probably the lowest though on this hire I gave it a C I, I what's so great about him decent offensive mind but hasn't done he doesn't have much in the way of Texas ties his offense at Miami is meh like nothing special about that okay but not great recruiter unproven without a lot of connections in Texas the style continuity will help. But I don't know if he's anything special. Yeah, I, I think once Miami got their quarterback uh, that they wanted, their offense obviously got way better. Uh, I went but a little why bit higher. Why was the quarterback from day one then? Maybe there's a reason why uh, Manny Diaz is on the hot seat. Okay, I mean that, that that's like for Rhett Lashley. It's been he's been in just some bad culture fits throughout his career. I mean he's just had some been in you know wrong place wrong time a lot like auburn not a great culture fit obviously working for gus malzahn is not 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 what you want to do um as you can see for, at ucf so and manny diaz he's just gotten himself in some bad situations uconn he was the head coach at uconn i think at one point um he's just been in some bad situations and so i, I don't know that it's it, it, i don't know that it's ex- totally reflective of his abilities but we will now finally he's in a good program we will get to see his true abilities and we will get a true true judgment on him now that he's in this situation yeah i I gave him a b i think he is a good offensive coach i think he's gonna be able to build on what dykes already put in there um i like that continuity that's why i gave it a b i I agree with matt you know there's there's some holes to poke in it it's not the perfect tire but also, I mean, it, it is SMU. It's it's an American conference team. They're, you know, they're probably not going to get too many A plus hires like Luke Fickles, which were no brainers at Cincinnati. So mm-hmm. um, that's why I gave it a B. Yeah, and, and that's spot on, Josh. I think he has. I think the ceiling is still still relatively high for him. So there you go. All right, um, heading on next to as we uh, move on down. Through the uh, group of five ranks, we go to the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. They hired Don Brown. They are remixing the the past, trying to rekindle that magic. Uh, Most recently, he was the defensive coordinator at Arizona, but he was before that at Michigan, uh, Boston College. Uh, and way back in the day was the UMass head coach. He was 43-19 and 19 during his first run at UMass. This is one of, if not the single toughest job 
in FBS, in my opinion. I'm giving this a B plus. Terrible in-state talent, no history in FBS, no conference. But he has history with the school. He has a clear identity, and we know he can coach a defense. He raises the floor a lot, but I think there is a very, I think there's a very glaring ceiling there. I'm not sure if they're going to do any better than him. I, I, I frankly don't think they could have done any better than him. At the same time, I am typically skeptical and wary of coaches that are trying to, like I said, rekindle the magic. Rarely have we seen that work when a co- when a coach comes back around for their second go. When have we seen that really succeed? Greg Schiano, baby. He hasn't made. I mean, it's not like he's made a bowl game yet in his two years back. They just they he just got he blowed did out. This year. Yeah, they, they got blowed out by Maryland. <laughs> like, come on now. Like, you know, we it didn't that did not work for Randy Etzel. That's for sure. True. It oh. worked out for in one season for <laughs> Mac Brown, but that they fell way back to earth this year. So this guy's yeah. a this guy's a way better coach than uh, <laughs> Randy Etzel. Yeah. So, um, um, I, I gave it a yeah, I gave it an A. Um, obviously, not that much higher. Mac gave it a B plus. So. Uh, you know, we're looking at someone who I knows was the schools. Cruel. I was feeling notably cruel for the most part yeah. on these hires. So, but I, um, he knows the school, he knows its limitations. Obviously, great the first time around. Um, Matt brings up the worry of maybe we get an Edsel situation, but I do think Randy kind of was on the downtrend of his career. He, he had a failed stint at Maryland. Don Brown, you know, hasn't been a head coach for a while, so uh, he seemed to have really wanted this job. It was hired quite quickly. Um, I think that does make it a, immediately a good hire for UMass to get someone who wants to be there. Um, they, you know, I, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting um, that when a coach wants to be at a school like this, because when you see some of these other retread hires, it's like, if we were to ask coach Bowden deep down, does he really enjoy living in Monroe, Louisiana? So I think I think that is good for the school that they get someone who wants to be there. Um, his defensive identity is going to help UMass immediately because they gave up what feels like about thirty trillion points this last season. Exactly, which is uh, which is the national budget under uh, Joe Biden. Um, so I not to get political <laughs> here, but no, I, I I agree with Josh on this one. I mean, Matt, you you're you're great with spot on. I think you were a little harsh. Uh, I, I I love this hire. I mean, I love this hire because again, he immediately raises the floor, which is exactly what UMass needs. They were two and twenty-three. Uh, they've probably won two games in like six years, so they were uh, an abomination of a program. So if he can get it back to having a respectable job, where some of these up-and-comer coordinators will want to take it, like let's say you have a let's say you have an FCS coach who wants to jump into FBS, well. They can jump on in and, at, at UMass, and it's actually a pretty decent job thanks to Don Brown. Don Brown's job is not to immediately come in there and turn around and win, start winning there. His job is to immediately just make it a good program, a program that when he retires, somebody else is going to want to take it over. It's and like respectable, yeah. Make it respectable. And I think he can absolutely do that. And that's all he needs to do. And when he retires in four or five years – the next guy can come in. It'll make it. A, it'll make it more desirable than it is. I mean, it's UMass, so it's not. You know how how desirable can it be? There's a ceiling on that too. But I think Don. I think Don Brown can can max it out uh, to the ceiling here. 
uh, with this. So I love it. The floor is the ceiling. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I forget who said there. There was someone who said that. Probably uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. The, the floor is the ceiling. Um, the floor is the ceiling. Oh yeah. The cream will rise to the top. Oh yeah. Oh, it was Michael Jordan who said that. That's right. Um, okay. Oh yeah, that guy. George Southern. Michael um, B. Jordan. They hired Clay Helton a while ago. Um, and this is, I mean, they could have done a whole lot worse. I give it a B big scheme change. He, Clay Helton ain't running no triple option. Yeah, that's, that's for, uh, that, that's for darn issue. sure. But I, because of that, I don't expect a whole lot in his first couple of years, but he is a, you know, I, I think he brings just stability respectability and well i think he's just gonna be a solid coach that's why i gave it a b josh yeah i gave it an a minus um you know he's 46 and 24 at usc he's a pros pro and by that i mean he he's gonna run a well-oiled machine he knows how to recruit he knows how to, to assemble a staff he knows how to game plan he knows how to do all that stuff his record at usc as mentioned was absurd Literally any school would kill to have what he had, but it was USC. So USC is in one of those handful of jobs where it just wasn't enough. So it's very surprising that Georgia Southern was able to get him. I think the biggest concern is did Georgia Southern shoot a little too high? Um, if he's like, you know, super successful like Kiff was at FAU, well, Kiff bounced pretty quickly. So does that happen for Georgia Southern? Does Clay Helton immediately turn things around and then in a coaching cycle or two from now, he's gone and Georgia Southern's back to uh, to searching for a coach? That's really the biggest knock I gave it. Here's where I rule. I'm going to rule in favor of Matt here because I know the Statesville native, the Statesboro natives, they – do not take too kindly to to getting away from the triple option. It, it is it is actually a big thing down there because they tried it before, and they ran those coaches out of there so fast. Um, the hatch attack was was there for a year. They ran him out so quickly. Uh, that's the one thing I worry about for Clay Helton is he is not like he is not a typical Georgia Southern hire, and they take pride in the fact that Irk Russell. Paul Johnson, all those guys brought in the, the option. And I don't know if their fans can get past that. And 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 I don't I don't know that they'll ever take to him. However, if he comes in because of the fact that he's just a dude, um, and, and he can coach and he's good and and any, and most and about 80 percent of the schools uh, would kill to have his record and to kill to have his success. I think that can be enough to win over some some fans. So for all the limitations he has with winning over uh, the the fan base and the cultural fit, uh, going from uh, L.A. to Statesboro, Georgia, um, I, I think some of that uh, kind of downgrades it a little bit. But when you look at what he's able to do, I think it's perfect. For, I think it's what Georgia Southern needs. I think it'll be the shot in the arm that they need to be able to compete in the fun belt. So. I love the hire. 
I just worry about the fit. So I'm I'm almost I'm gonna rule I'm gonna side with Matt on this. All right, uh, back up to the Northeast, UConn. They fired Randy Edsel because he's Randy Edsel. They've hired Jim Mora Jr. I've given this a B. Former UCLA head coach hasn't. We haven't really seen him around very much recently. I think it's solid. I think he's. I think in a lot of a lot of the reasons why I like Clay Helton to Georgia Georgia Southern is a lot of the same reasons I like Jim Moore Jr. to UConn. He's a pro. He's going to bring stability, professionalism. Not sure if they were going to do a whole lot better, but it's not you know it's not a home run hire. It's not some hot coordinator. But to be fair. Who's going to want to take that UConn job? They found a person who's willing to take that job, who's going to be tough and hard-nosed about it, and, you know, should be, you know, they are hoping that Jim Mora does the same thing that UMass wants Don Brown to do, right? They they want to bring respectability back to the program. Yeah, I gave this also the exact same as uh, Clay Helton. I gave it an A. Um, just like Clay Helton, he's a pro's pro. He knows exactly what he's doing. He brings, like Matt said, professionalism. He also brings competence to this job. It hasn't been at UConn since Randy's first go around and because of that context. That's why I gave it an A. I always grade within the context of what's going on at the school. Um, obviously, he's not going to win a lot early, uh, but he brings that stability. And I think whenever he leaves UConn, uh, it'll be on much sounder footing than what he's in inheriting um you know even if he doesn't get them to a bowl game you know if he just raises that ceiling makes them a well-run program again and someone else ultimately gets them over the hump i still think that's what uconn needs right now absolutely josh i'm, I'm with you 100 percent. it's an a hire he wants to be there he's going to bring professionalism and stability and he's gonna he's gonna bring a little bit of winning and i love that jim moore got his dream to lead the Huskies out of the tunnel next year. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the UConn Huskies, but he, he's leading the Huskies, that's for sure. But no, in, in, in all seriousness, I mean, just like Don Brown with UMass, this is, I mean, this is what you want. This is what this is this is what you need for a few years. Even if even if he's not there for more than five years, it doesn't matter. I, I think I, I think if, if the sooner the soonest the sooner they can make a bowl. The better, so I think this is a gr- I think this is a great hire. All right, uh, New Mexico State University has hired Jerry Kill. Um, I'm I'm playing a little blue tonight. I've graded this as EMT because they're going to need one on the sidelines. <laughs> I don't believe he's healthy enough for this. I really don't. It's New Mexico State. I am terrified. There's no terrified that he is going to collapse on the sidelines. There is no pressure at (laughs) New Mexico State. But being a head coach is inherently a pressure-filled situation. No matter what, no matter what school you're at, you can be at Wally Walla Community College. It's still a pressure-filled situation to be a head coach. Did you just say Wally Walla? Yeah, I meant to say Walla Walla. I don't okay. know why I said Wally Walla. I, I like Wally, Wally Walla. Wally World. Wally World. <laughs> um, Who's, is Clark Gris- Griswold the AD? Uh, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, can he build a program and help it succeed? Yes. We know he can do that. We know he can build a program. 
but I don't know if he has the inherent like physical health that the job demands. I wish him the best, but my goodness, am I skeptical? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I I went the same way as Matt. I gave it a D. Um, it's super duper risky. We should applaud what this guy has done in the past. He's a legit program builder. We've talked about him before. Look up his uh, work at Southern Illinois, Northern Illinois, and Minnesota. All vastly improved with him, and we know he can do a lot with very little talent. And that's exactly what New Mexico State needs. But the downsides are obvious. This is a guy who um, is a cancer survivor, and through his cancer treatment, he has had massive health issues since, including a history of seizures. And that's what forced him to retire from Minnesota, not recently, all the way back in 2015. Is he healthy enough to coach? Well, we I mean, we don't I, know. I, and and my, my biggest concern, honestly, if I was the athletic director, is what happens if he coaches like four games and then has to retire? This is already nearly an impossible program to develop. <clears throat> and if this thing doesn't work and it's like a sudden resignation, they're going to be even more up, you know what, Creek. Uh, I really think they needed this hire to stay at least four years to build this thing. And I just have no reason to believe that Jerry Kill can. He's an A-plus for a builder, but honestly, I am super scared off. No risk it, no biscuit, right? <laughs> um, I love the hire as far as everything he can do. I am, I am absolutely on pins and needles on the fact that medically yeah i'm with you guys on that is he healthy enough can he withstand the rigors of being head coach yes there's no i said it earlier there's no pressure at new mexico so there's not going to be any like hugely pressure packed things like they know he's rebuilding like i don't even know if the, i don't even know if the administration knows they play football at, at new mexico <laughs> state so i think he's okay um so he doesn't have to worry about that kind of stuff but um we hope for his sake, that he got a physical, he got medically cleared and okayed to take this job. Hopefully that's the case here. And maybe maybe he did some homework that we didn't we didn't that we that we don't know. So I love it. I think <laughs> as long as he is there and healthy, he's gonna do a tremendous job. But the question is, is he gonna last four games or four years? Who knows? Maybe he uh, maybe he went to Trump's doctor and got that bill of health. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, my doctor is a tremendously well-regarded doctor, the best in the, the best in all of the land. It is tremendously, greatly, bigly job that he did. <laughs> uh, since we started recording, uh, we have a, another coaching hire in Louisiana Tech has hired Sonny Cumbie. Great from hire Tech, from Texas Tech. Great. Uh, we're giving hire. grades on the fly off the top of my head. Um, I'm going to give this one like a B minus, B, B minus. I feel, you know, he he's a Texas guy moving to Louisiana. Louisiana is right next door. I think that this is a, you know, a, a solid hire. Uh, Josh wrote in the um, in the reason why they got rid of. Um, Skip Holtz at the marriage went stale. And I think with Sunday Cumbie, uh, you know, he's going to definitely inject 
some uh, a little spark into that offensive relationship. That's for sure. So I, I do like it for that. I'm not sure, you know, again, he hasn't really been a head coach before. And so, I, you know, we, we have to give a little bit of trepidation with that. But I, I think it's odd. I'm going to give it a B minus. Yeah, I did my uh, C plus B minus thing. This is when there's the really high ceiling, very low floor type hire. Um, extremely well-regarded offensive coordinator. He's been rumored for a few other jobs this cycle, both as head coaches and offensive coordinators. Texas Tech obviously wanted to keep him. They, they offered uh, him to keep his job. Um, he's never been a head coach. And he's never had any job outside the state of Texas. So that's a little bit of a concern. That's why I I didn't run away with this thing. Um, But it's definitely an intriguing hire. I I love the hire. I I mean, they they played hard for him at Texas Tech as the interim guy. I mean, he got him to to a bowl game, which I didn't think was possible. (laughs) He only needed to go one and three to get to that bowl game. Which is exactly what he went. Yeah. He went one and three, and they played really, really hard for him. So and they were in it. I mean, they nearly beat Baylor this, they, last week. They, they were, they were competitive in all the games. I mean, it's yeah. Texas Tech. I mean, what you know, it's Texas Tech, and he's an interim coach. What more? You know, the expectations are are, are very, very low. But they, they did. Play hey, if I've been, been an interim coach at Texas Tech, they would have gone three and one, and we'd have been in the national championship. <laughs> Go rate us. Um, so <laughs> Louisiana. I mean, it's Louisiana Tech. So. I mean, I mean, we're not we're not talking like Ohio State here. We're not. Yeah, hey, I mean, Skip Holtz went sixty four and fifty, won the division several times. I mean, but yeah, they just again it went stale. I, I don't think you know. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Sonny Cumbie's not. I don't know. I mean, may, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I I I love the hire for Louisiana Tech. I, I'm not sure that Louisiana Tech is getting much better than that. I don't know. Like uh, that might be their ceiling as far as who they're able to hire. Like they might be picking off analysts from Alabama or South Carolina, um, you know, to come play quarterback for them. So um, who knows? I like it though. I, 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 I can agree with it. We're excited to announce a new sponsor and that is Lightbox. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab grown diamonds are the brightest gifts of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find. And they're a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as a classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. So head on over to lightboxjewelry.com and add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. All right. Um, well, we the, are the already... non-hires. Yeah, the non-hires. We are already an hour into the podcast. That's okay. Our fans love this. This is what they expect. They can listen to it on their commutes. So Yeah, well, they're going to they're gonna need like a week's worth of commutes to get through these. Okay. Hey, it's fine. Uh, vacant jobs. Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley, he's he got scared of the SEC. He <laughs> left. Uh, big game Bob Stoops is back to at least coach the bull game. He's also rumored to be in the mix uh, for the permanent job. Some people are talking I mean, about I'm Mark catch- Stoops, who just re-upped at Kentucky. Brent Venables. A lot of smoke about name. Brent Venables. I don't a know if there's any fire. A smoke about Brent Venables. I saw a, a, a very recent Instagram of... 
DJ Uyengalole doing the horns down. Ooh. For what's that? For what that's worth. <laughs> All right. Maybe they're gonna play Texas in a bolt. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Anything to yeah, add here, guys? Any other any other people you, you you're thinking to, to, of? Any to thoughts? Oklahoma. There's no telling. Uh, Bill O'Brien. That's who they're getting. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean. I, I really don't know. I mean, Brent Vittables, is that really the best you can do? Yeah, I mean, Maybe. they uh it's know. you know, I know it's it's stunning, it's jarring to see that Lincoln Riley left, but it, you know, it's Oklahoma, it's the home of Bob Stoops, Bud Foster, Bud Foster, Bud Forster, uh, or Bud Wilkinson. God, this is God, what happens. Josh. This is what happens when we record after a long day of work. Um it's getting late early. Yeah. It, you know, Oklahoma is a true blue blood. Um, obviously, the calculation of joining the SEC has uh, not gone well for the AD there. Maybe uh, maybe before you make rash decisions, you should uh, run things by your head coach. Or anyone around the program. Okay. Uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. I... Uh, I keep seeing Marcus Freeman. They, yeah, they have too. a good recruiting class. He really put that thing together. Um, he's an up-and-comer. Obviously, there's a lot of sizzle for Luke Fickle. He's religiously Catholic, um, right nearby. I just, you know, Cincinnati's in the playoffs right now. I don't think Luke Fickle wants to mess that up, and I don't think Notre Dame wants to wait until the end of the playoffs. So, uh, I think they they just go with Marcus Freeman, which is smart, personally. Matt, you put Clerk Lee as a potential coach. Was that serious or a joke? No, that's just a prayer. <laughs> that's just an absolute <laughs> prayer. But I did read that LSU is giving uh, Brian Kelly, uh, if he's able to bring Freeman with him, they will make him the highest paid assistant coach in the country. So we will see wow. if that happens. Um uh, next, we've got or coach. You want to add anything to Notre Dame? Um, Brian Ferentz. Yep. Well, Brian Ferentz is attached to all these jobs. He's a hot commodity with a hundred and twenty second ranked offense. So yeah, exactly. Uh, the Dukies. Uh, they uh, David Cutcliffe and uh, the Duke administration uh, mutually parted ways. But he went seventy seven and ninety seven at the school. He realized he was not going to be coaching the next Manning, Arch Manning, so he has decided to step down. I've read uh, Mike Houston, Jeff Monk, and Scotty Montgomery, Tony Elliott, Sean Clark, Dan Lanning, all linked to the jobs. I think it's below Dan Lanning, quite frankly. Uh, I think Dan Lanning could do better than the Duke job. Uh, I think Duke could do better than Scott Montgomery. He was awful at East Carolina. He was, but he is a Duke alum. Yeah, but he was the awful. Dukies. Nine um, and twenty. I, I I think this has Tony Elliott written all over it. Mm, yeah, Ooh. I think I think Tony Elliott is, is a pretty good match. I think Mike Houston would be interesting too. And, and and my thoughts back on Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, just give it to him. Just give it to him already. You're not you're not getting Matt Campbell. You're not getting Luke Fickle. Just Marcus Freeman. Let's go. Marcus Freeman is is a rock star. Uh, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns lost Billy Napier to Florida. He left one swamp for another. Uh, I mean. I mean, I mean, we we know who the ideal coach is here. Coach O. 
Coach <laughs> Hey, uh, Katie, come on now. Let's get some gumbo here. We, we, we can play some football. He can double as the coach and the mascot, saving the university money. Plus, he's got all the LSU buyout money. They won't have to pay him as much. It's, it's literally a match made in Bayou Heaven. Fresno State, Caitlin DeBoer. Uh, well, I was just going to say real quick about Louisiana. I, I think uh, they should take a page out of their opponent for the title game, which is App State. Appalachia had great success of just promoting from within. Billy Napier built that thing up, not by himself. There's other people on that staff that know what to do. That's what no, I was not. Napier did it by himself. He was the only <laughs> one on board. <laughs> It was the OC, the DC, the special teams coach. He did it. He did it. Heck, all. he was even yeah. the equipment guy. There we and go. And the trainer. Yep. <laughs> uh, Fresno State, Kalen DeBoer is obviously off to Washington. Uh, people are, around the program are uh, looking for a little Jeff Tedford reunion, is what I've been reading. Don't do that. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. Josh, what it's do you a, think? It's a terrible idea. Go, go. I, I would if if I'm Fresno State. I, I look at I look at like some of the powerhouse West Coast FCS programs and say, "Hey, do you want a job in FBS? Come to Fresno State." Yeah, who's uh, the Eastern Washington coach? Um, I don't remember yeah, the name. That, that guy. Yeah, um, that guy. UC Davis. Who's UC Davis? Is uh, that's the the old uh, Colorado guy, right? What's his name? I'm, I'm having a McIntyre. Is it McIntyre or is it? Uh, no, McIntyre is, is at San or State. or this ain't intramurals, brother. Who's who's that guy? Oh, Dan Hawkins. Yeah, like go get somebody like yeah, Dan Hawkins. Yeah, uh, by way of Boise State, Dan Hawkins. Yeah, exactly. Um, go get somebody like that if you're Fresno State. Like, think outside the box a little bit. Yeah, Aaron but, Best. Aaron Best is the um uh, is the Eastern yeah. Washington coach. I was thinking of offensive. Go, mind go get the go get the head coach for the Grizz. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Tedford or look, Brian Ted, Ferentz. Yeah, Tedford. I mean, Tedford got burnt out at Cal, relaxed for a few years, came back, got burnt out at Fresno State. I just, I don't know what that really brings you. Uh, it's fine having him, you know, involved for the bowl game or whatever. It's it's, it's but okay. It's, no, I think it's worse than okay. I definitely think it's a Fresno team that has won a division or a conference title recently. Uh, they were going places with DeBoer. They they need to build off that. I, I think Tred, I think Tedford doesn't build on that. All right, we should hire PJ Fleck. Uh, one of the Ooh. toughest jobs in America, Akron. They're awful. Tom Arthur's three and twenty-one. Oof. Yikes. Um, I have no idea who they're looking for. I wrote potential hire Joe Rudolph if there is a god. <laughs> um, um, Joe Joe Moorhead has been a lot of a uh, mm. lot of sizzle there, uh, and I mean and I mean a lot of it. Um, obviously, they should hire is... LeBron James, <laughs> um, former Indiana coach, current Ohio State offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson. Also, yeah, that'd, be um, good. that'd be a good fit. Also, Akron likes him. I don't know if he has any interest in that job. Dude, I didn't realize that Akron enjoyed uh, their players being abused. So um, they can I, hire I, I, if they like that. They could they could get DJ Durkin from Ole Miss. Yeah, um, there we go. Uh, Florida uh, International Akron, University. Akron to me is such a weird thing. I mean, they have a not that old stadium, I and mean, they built that stadium. I don't know, probably like two thousand five. Yeah, or something like ago, yeah. 
like you know they they shouldn't be this much worse than the other mac programs from the state of ohio yeah yeah it's very strange miami of ohio maybe they should have went after brent pry um this next one matt you have james coley at the top of the list that's what i've read now you you know at Florida International. Now you know how we we've we've rated some of these other ones as like they're a they're great coaching acumen, but the cultural fit is an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. This one's probably the exact opposite. Culturally, this might be this might be the biggest. This might be the Jorge Soler, uh, you know, seven hundred and fifty foot moonshot home run in Game <laughs> Six of the World Series. The one that still hasn't landed higher. The one that still hasn't landed yet, like as far as culturally goes. But the dude can't really coach. Um, he's gonna have to hire some good assistants. But um, that would be. I mean, honestly, he's a South Florida dude. I mean, they're they're gonna immediately elevate their recruiting if they do that. That'd be. I mean, for FIU and what they probably need, that <laughs> James Coley would be perfect for them. I think that I think they should go after Willie Taggart. I think Willie Taggart's trying to play Florida bingo. He's already got South Florida and Florida State and Florida Atlantic. Yeah, he needs so he needs UCF. <laughs> he needs he, need, he needs UCF, the U, and FIU and UF. Yeah, there, you go. there we and go. I, I'm not real sure who Kerwin Bell is. So yeah, he uh, he was on the football scoop article that I read. So uh, um, I I do think it's interesting some of the stuff that. Butch Davis has said about like, you know, old uniforms. Like, what, what is this program doing? Um, well, like, here's the thing, though. FIU has the highest football spending in the conference. So then, what, what is happening? Where's, is this like they, they, there? There is a disconnect. Is there a money laundering situation? I, I don't know, but they're if you spending look at, money on paper for their program. They their football budget is is either the highest or second highest in the conference. It's, I it's you know it, it is what it is. They just don't. And also, like what's crazy is that like, um, if you guys remember at the end of the 2019 season, FIU beat Miami. Mm-hmm. You remember that? You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. FIU hasn't beaten an FBF, FBS opponent since. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Coach, I, I looked up Kerwin Bell real quick because the name didn't pop with me either. Uh, he was with uh, Jacksonville, the Dolphins, before they shut down their football program. Uh, won two conference titles there. Uh, okay. That he was at Valdosta State, won a national title there in 2018. Oh, okay. uh, and this past season, he was the head coach at Western Carolina, his first season okay. with uh, WCU. Okay. All right. Yeah, I knew it was from Valdosta. That's where, where Fair I enough. Um, used, used to coach at South Florida as well. So several, uh, okay. several Florida ties, uh, Florida high school coach uh, in the early 2000s as well. There you go. Troy. Uh, Chip Lindsay was fired. Um, Jordan Leslie is the name I've heard around here, but again, like this, I mean, we're just, you know, I, I have no idea. Yeah, there. Yeah, uh, we're just gonna leave that one as. Yeah. We'll leave it there, and then finally, Temple fired Rod Carey, um, who Joe Rudolph. 
<laughs> uh, Joe Rudolph <laughs> was apparently interviewed for the he Joe Rudolph was apparently the runner up for the job when they hired Rod Carey three years ago. Doesn't and, that mean he finished third? Because technically, oh, Manny, Manny, Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz. <laughs> yes, yes, and so but apparently he is he's interviewing for that job. And he's from Pennsylvania. I keep mentioning Joe Rudolph. If you haven't been listening for a long time, he is Wisconsin's offensive line coach and run game coordinator. He used to be their offensive coordinator until he got demoted before the beginning of this season. Mm. And given the state of Wisconsin's offensive line play, he should be demoted again to the head coach at Temple or Akron. <laughs> and I will leave it at that. Okay. Um, that is the coaching carousel. My God, that took a long time. Um, let's yeah. yeah, but it needed to. I mean, it's, it's always it needed fun. to. Let's you can you can split it into two shows if you want to. Yeah. So, um, actually, yeah, don't, don't don't be scared. We're gonna wrap that. Uh, I'm gonna edit this. We're gonna wrap that up here for <laughs> episode 283. That is the coaching carousel episode. Right, right. One of our favorite shows of the year. We'll be back at you guys later this week talking FCS playoffs and FBS title games. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.